Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative. to this guy for wisdom. Well, I had the opportunity to go on Newsmax today for the first time for me. So that was a fun time. I was on with uh, Chris Salcedo. That, that is a great broadcaster, by the way. Somebody that actually my dad was heartbroken because uh, he used to uh, work in the Dallas area on the radio. And after he left, suddenly uh, my dad was left with, with nobody. My dad actually said after Rush Limbaugh that Chris Salcedo uh, was was his favorite guy to listen to. And so it's fun to be on there. The, the only thing, I, I'm not, this is inside baseball. I'm not trying to make a victim of myself or anything here. Don't mistake me. Uh, there's there's a reason I'm talking about it and the reason I'm, I'm doing a shorter broadcast than usual today uh, to cover some of these issues because I, I just didn't feel like I had the opportunity because of the constraints of TV time and, and what goes on there to do it. So I was I was just kind of itching to get on my own show and address the issues to my audience. But I was on with Chris Salcedo to talk about what's going on at Disney, uh, the corruption there, this walkout, what this alphabet mafia, as I affectionately call them, uh, is doing in terms of holding them hostage. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was shared time. It was me and, uh, and another guest as well. And something you have to learn when you do TV, it's actually... It's an art that takes time to master. I'll, I'll give you an example. You, you've got to know, you don't want to hear somebody drone on forever, right? When you're listening, uh, you've got to be respectful of the host and the constraints of time, whether you have six minutes, eight minutes of, of, of airtime, and they've got things to talk about. So respectfully, that's their show. But at the same time, you've also got to be a little bit aggressive. You've got to just uh, take the bull by the horns and make your points going forward. And and I played it very safe. You'll see. You'll see the video. There's nothing. I I am making a mountain out of a molehill. Molehill because I'm a perfectionist, not a perfectionist who is inhibited inhibited by his desire to be perfect from doing and achieving. But you know they're learning lessons along the way. And I learned a lesson today, which is which is to be a little bit selfish when you're on TV. You've got to just enjoy the time, take the time that you need while also being aware of what's happening and how much you're taking time of. And I, did, I didn't do that. I didn't make the points I wanted because I wanted to make sure the other, other uh, guest got his time in and, and, and Chris got to do what he needed to do. So all that aside, I learned a great lesson today and uh, I'll be implementing that going forward. But I got on there to talk about this Disney issue, what's happened. So you may have heard that it's anywhere between 60 to 100 Disney employees. They have walked out. I think this took place over several days, but they've walked out on the job in protest of the bill in Florida, which is a parental rights bill. They call it the don't say gay bill. They're lying like, like they always do. Um, but what you have here, as I describe it, is a hostage situation at Disney. This small minority of radical political activists known as the Alphabet Mafia are literally holding not only Disney hostage, but also the employees. And that's what's going on. And, and, and I want to be very clear here as well. The CEO, Bob Chappick, uh, I think that's how he says his name or how it's pronounced. But anyway, Bob there, Chappick, uh, he and Disney are as culpable as these uh, lunatics, frankly, on the left who are 
who are making a big deal out of this and making their demands because they're giving in to the demands. I've got a list of them here too. I want to touch on them. I can't remember how many I got into the other day, but but here they are holding Disney and its employees hostage and and over what? A piece of legislation that has no impact on them whatsoever. I'm serious. It doesn't impact them at all because what, is, what does the bill, bill do? Well, it, it prevents any teacher from providing any sexual instruction to kindergartners through third graders. Now, what kind of perverted creep, I'm serious, believes that five-year-olds to nine-year-olds should be taught about any kind of sex whatsoever? And you notice how uh, these activists who are opposing this, saying it's the don't say gay bill, which it's not, because look, a teacher cannot give a banana and a condom to a five-year-old and teach them about straight sex, nor can that teacher introduce into the curriculum and play, for example, Brokeback Mountain to teach people about being gay. They can't play, uh, what's that other movie, the, the Danish Girl about transgenderism? They can't play either of those movies in an effort to recruit, recruit these young children into their alphabet cult. But you know what teachers also can't play? They can't play Snow White with the intention of teaching young boys and girls about the restorative benefits of a soft male kiss. That's right. All of that is is off the table. But here they are uh, raising hell over this bill they're falsely claiming is a don't say gay bill. And what they want to do is they want reverse conversion therapy for kindergartners to third graders. They want them introduced to transgenderism, to gay. I mean, what kind of weirdos want to destroy the innocence of children? I remember when I was a kid, by the way, a a child. I mean, I don't remember this. My mother told me the story. But when I was just a young boy, I I asked my mother one time, why don't I have breasts? Why don't I have boobs? Why don't I have those things like you do? And what did my mom say? Well, because you're a boy and boys don't have them. That's the appropriate response. Children have to be educated. They have questions like this, and it's the parent's job to answer them. But what would these alphabet, I was going to call them terrorists, but you know, some people that might set them off. I don't want to, I don't want to go, but these, these, this alphabet mafia who is terrorizing, uh, wants to terrorize children throughout this country. How would they respond if they had a child? who asked the same question, why don't I have those? Well, son, would you like them? There's a hospital down the road. I can get you some puberty blockers and we can get you boobs by tomorrow. That's what they would do. We cannot entertain this. And these people claim, by the way, they're victims. Victims of what? Victims of what? Do you know how many employees there are at Disney? Something around 140,000, I believe. And, and do you know how many participated in this walkout? Like I said, 60 to 100. 60 to 100. That is less than, I mean, what, what does that come out to? That's less than a tenth of 1%. And while Disney goes political and caves to all of these ridiculous demands, I mean, these people are like, I mean, they're ignorant, selfish, coddled bullies. That's what they are. They're not the victims, as they claim. They're the bullies. The real victims are, there was a letter put out there, anonymous, anonymously, of course, with no signatures, because which proves the point, from all of the, the employees at Disney who feel like the culture doesn't represent them anymore, right? They feel like Disney's betraying them. And they're upset because while these 
These radical alphabet people are forcing this company to take a political position that they believe in. These people have to go to work every day living in a hostile work environment in which they don't feel like, well, they know they can't because they'll face repercussions. Can you imagine if a bunch of conservatives, I bet you could get more than 100, by the way, to participate if you really pushed and you got down to it because we are the majority and these radical lunatics are the minority, but somehow we're being ruled by our moral and intellectual inferiors. But imagine if a group of conservatives banded together and did this kind of thing. Gave a list of demands to Disney and saying, you know, if you don't support conservative causes that we believe in, if you don't, you know, stop giving donations to all Democrats, well, I don't know. What are they going to do, by the way? What, what is the threat? That's my question. What are these people going to do? It's a uh, Disney, you better do all of these six things. And there are six things they're asking for. You better do all of these six things or else. Or else what? I mean, what is the threat? You're going to lose 100 employees at Disney? <laughs> what? And these people, by the way, do you know they're overrepresented? Totally overrepresented in our culture. Uh, they're always claiming that they want equal rights. They really mean special rights, but they already have special rights. They also say, you know, we want uh, film and TV and these, these shows out there to properly reflect the makeup of America, to represent us. But I got a note here I'm going to read from, from uh, I think this is from Deadline or Hollywood Reporter, but uh, 12% of series regular characters in primetime programming are LGBTQ+. Less than 6% of Americans are LGBTQ+. So they are overrepresented here doubly. Less than 6% of, of Americans are in the alphabet world, and 12% of series regular characters in primetime programming are alphabet people. So that's outrageous. And, and, you know, I would ask these people while they claim they're these victims. They're not victims. They're the protected class in America, right? You can't say an ill word. Even if it's constructive, you can't have a conversation about it. You can't disagree with them on anything, or you're labeled a bigot. And that's part of the, uh, the terrorist tactic here. Meanwhile, these employees at Disney who are conservative, well, they're fearful of speaking out. They keep their heads down and they do not talk about politics at work. Meanwhile, they probably sit there at their desks listening to people screaming about this bill. So they're not the victims. They're the bullies. The real victims would be, you know, try wearing a MAGA hat still to this day in San Francisco or Los Angeles. How about the uh, J6 protesters that didn't do anything except commit the violation of walking into the Capitol? Nonviolent, taking selfies, they go to prison. Those people are victims. And so uh, this list of demands they have, you know what, I think that, I, think that I, I don't have the sheet in front of me. I was writing an article about it last night, so I'll skip the sheet. I'll just have to rely on my, my wits, my brilliance. Let's see how, how well my, my brain is working today. Uh, I think I've done, I don't know, I think I had five interviews today, including Newsmax, which was supposed to be next Thursday, and then, and then it got moved today. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it's just been a, a busy day of reshuffling and rescheduling and wanting to do my own show as well. So I'm making it happen. 
And I want to thank you for listening again. And also for all of you who, who showed support uh, for, for my appearance today. I, I, I really appreciate it. It does mean something. Uh, it does. Um, so, so what's ironic about one of their... De- so their first demand, if I do this from memory, their first demand, the Alphabet Mafia at Disney, their first demand is that Disney stop giving political con- giving uh, uh, donations to a specific list of political candidates who were involved in, you know, making or passing or whatever this bill, creating it. It's a pretty long list, extensive. So they say, you know, this is non-negotiable, right? So that's their first demand. Uh, then their second demand, which I find so ironic. Tell me if you don't find this hilarious as well. So... Here you have them protesting a bill that doesn't impact them at all, right? Right? They're claiming, by the way, that this bill puts them in danger. How so? Is there some proliferation? I'm serious. Is there some proliferation of violence against the LGBTQ plus uh, Disney mafia there in the streets of Florida at the hands of five-year-olds to nine-year-olds? Are they assaulting? Are five-year-olds to nine-year-olds going through the streets looking for LGBTQ people uh, to violently assault them? Are they fearful of a bunch of K through third graders who aren't uh, being properly told that uh, they should perhaps consider joining that cult? Of course not. This is ridiculous. And by the way, on the same token, where are all the outraged parents and employees at Disney who are straight? Because, you know, this bill realistically, it prevents the condom and the banana. It prevents, uh, you know, these teachers from playing Snow White and teaching people about, you know, the sweet kisses of a, of a, of a prince and a princess or however it goes. I mean, where are they at? Nowhere to be seen because we are not political terrorists. We are not in, and look, yes, yeah, you know, terrorist term, it's about coercion. It's about a lack of acceptance for any belief other than that which you have. These people want to force their opinions, force their minority opinions, not widely held, not popular, and frankly, despicable. They want to force it on the rest of the country, the majority. I'm sorry, no thanks. So the ironic, the ironic part of one of their demands is that they are saying that Disney can no longer bring in, transfer employees from other Disney locations into Florida because it's unsafe. Furthermore, they are demanding that Disney is a corporation, is a company operating there in Florida. They cannot invest in additional infrastructure. They can't, they can't build anything that would invest in the economy in Florida, which hurts who? It hurts them. So a bill that doesn't hurt them, they're protesting, they're asking for something that directly does actually have a negative impact on them. But not everyone. You see, the LGBTQ plus alphabet mafia at Disney is carving out and taking advantage of this situation to benefit themselves, right? The most inclusive people in the world, the alphabet mafia, they're demanding that Disney create basically a new sub-organization which produces content that is exclusively, exclusively those jobs go to LGBTQ plus people. How about that? In the name of inclusion, the alphabet people are demanding that jobs be created that only they are allowed to occupy. 
How about that one? Now, in relation to the first one, which makes the list of demands of uh, contributions that Disney's not allowed to make to certain Republican individuals, well, they circle back in another one and they say they demand full transparency. Full transparency. So they have to be shown, shown every contribution that Disney does make. I guess they don't realize they're taking a, a lesson out of Reagan's playbook. Trust, but verify. And uh, the list goes on. They want them to donate money to transgender causes, to, to their own uh, special interest groups there, nonprofits that are LGBTQ plus related. But what about all these other individuals that have causes? How come they don't make their demands? Actually, you know what a brilliant move would be? You know what I would strongly suggest this anonymous group of concerned, disturbed, upset, silent majority of Disney employees that are, that are upset with this? I would suggest that you band together and you put forward your own demands. Show the insanity. Show the hypocrisy. Show who Disney is, and who these mafia types are. Put out your own list of demands. Threaten to walk out yourselves. Now's the perfect time to do this. The world is watching and will not be able to ignore it. You should demand, whatever you want to demand, but one thing I would recommend if you want to listen to me, is you should demand that uh, Disney as a corporation openly support the bill and say you're going to walk out. Put forward your own six demands. Mirror exactly what the left is doing to make your point. Put your six bullet points of demands. You can't donate to these Democrats who oppose it. You have to show us who you're giving political contributions to. I don't know. We have to fight back, though. I know this. We can't tolerate this anymore. I mean, in the same vein, you've got, uh, what, Leah Thomas? I got to talk about it again. I said this last time. Leah Thomas is still a man who couldn't compete with men in the men's swimming pool, so he put on a one-piece, swapped the Speedo out for a one-piece, and now he's beating girls in the swimming pool. And we as a society have allowed this to go on for too long. And meanwhile, what is the upshot of all of this? Our, Our intellectual and moral inferiors and a minority of the population are being allowed, permitted to destroy our country, our children, and opportunities for women. And, you know, Ron DeSantis, by the way, I think he he just said the silver medalist. He said that in Florida or whatever, you know, she actually is the gold medalist. He's making a point. I love DeSantis. And you know what? DeSantis is the parent and role model that Leah Thomas never had but needed. Ron DeSantis is the parent and role model that this alphabet mafia at Disney needed but never had. Never had. And it's time for us to take back the country and return America to a moral path. And I do want to make a distinction. You know, there are LGBTQ plus people who don't associate with this organization, right? There are people who who don't belong to this activist organization. They can be gay and they don't care and we don't care. They just live their lives. That doesn't define them solely. It was discovered, by the way, in one of these um, polls that was out there, studies done, 
In fact, it was one of the organizations that these Disney Alphabet Mafia people demanded that Disney donate money to. I think it's the Trevor Project. They did a study, and it was amongst, I think, 13 to 24 was the age, age range. And they discovered a shocking percentage of individuals who over the last year or so, especially during COVID, uh, had contemplated suicide or com- tried to commit suicide unsuccessfully. I suppose it would be unsuccessfully. The point is, in this community, uh, you have mental health issues. Look, all of us suffered uh, during COVID. All of us deal with depression, anxiety, and things like that. We all do. And we all have to fight that battle. Sometimes we're in tears. Sometimes uh, our, our wives are having difficult times and they're on the floor crying because of how hard things are and how powerless they feel. And they get past it. Together we move past it. It doesn't dominate their lives. They, they have the moment and then they move on. They have the mental fortitude. Some, whether biological or circumstantial, they don't have that fortitude. And there's something about this particular community as well that is suffering more greatly. Now, they want to tell you that it's because they feel like they're under attack, assault, they don't feel safe, they feel marginalized. But look, we know that's not true. They are not marginalized. They have special rights, rights above the rest of us. They're treated with kid gloves. They're allowed to act like puerile adolescent children masquerading in adult bodies at Disney and act in this ridiculous, inappropriate fashion, holding their company hostage. They should be told to shut up. They should be told, well, first they should be ignored, then they should be condemned, and then they should be fired. That's how it should go. You don't behave like this in the adult world, okay? And, and Disney has no business being political like this, like this anyway. But, you know, we've got, we've got Katanji Brown-Jackson. I call her Katanji Jackson-Brown every time on the last podcast. I don't care. It's like my name, Drew Thomas Allen. People call me Allen Thomas Drew, Drew Allen Thomas, whatever. DTA, baby. Hers doesn't roll off the tongue like that when you shorten it. KBJ, KJB would be easier, but, and that's what gets me. But anyway, Katanji there. You know, she, she in, in, the, uh, uh, in the exercise of futility, because she's probably going to be nominated, but still it's necessary, as I said, she said she, she, w- she, she couldn't define a woman because she wasn't a biologist. Well, you know what? I'm not a founding father, but I am certain that the founding fathers would have rejected her for everything she represents or rather doesn't represent. This is a person who believes in critical race theory, This is a woman who is soft on pedophiles, who's sympathetic with criminals. This is a woman who, who, you know, here's, here's the thing they're talking about today. She's promised to recuse herself, um, from a case involving affirmative action in the Supreme court if she's nominated because it's on the slate to come forward. That's not enough. That's one case. That's one case. She's uh, proven herself not to be qualified, not just for the Supreme Court, but to be a judge at all by her leniency towards pedophiles. Thinking about the victim, not thinking about the victim is what I meant to say, prioritizing the criminal over the victims, thinking more about the criminal than the person who was harmed. And so, whatever, this is one case. This is a lifetime appointment. We can't afford to have her on the Supreme Court. It's dangerous for America. And the fact that she gave that speech in 2015 at University of Chicago, in which she she said that her legal understanding incorporated critical race theory, 
is everything you need to know. Critical race theory is un-American and unconstitutional. The founding fathers would have absolutely, absolutely rejected it in any form it, it, it took. Because what is critical race theory? I mean, it's the belief that people aren't born equal. It's the equal. It's the, it's the belief, for example, that uh, that certain individuals deserve special rights. It's not the belief that all men are created equal. It's that men aren't created equal. And you know, furthermore, it's it's this rejection of the the founding beliefs and ideals uh, that we are promised equal opportunity. When critical race theory demands equal outcomes, but not even equal outcomes, unequal, unequal, inequitable outcomes, because critical race theory says if you're born white by virtue of your your birth and the color of your skin, you're an oppressor. If you're black, you're a victim. So we've got to uplift and give opportunities to, uh, you know, minorities, and we've got to keep white people down. I wish I could find this story. There was a there was a school, by the way. Here is your here is the world that 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 they are asking and inviting. Um, to replace the America we knew. There was a school in uh, Southern California, the Los Angeles area, maybe Brentwood. There was a private school and people sent their kids there because they had this ridiculous, I don't know, 80, 90% huge acceptance rate to University of California schools. Great opportunities for them. Well, basically none of these white students were accepted into any of these universities, which was the purpose that they went to this school because this school had a history of getting those children this elite school got those children into those schools. It was like a guarantee. So they sent them there to secure that future. Well, now they're not being admitted because of affirmative action. And Katanji Brown Jackson, this is factual, factual. She would not be not, she would not have been nominated for the Supreme Court, but for her color, the color of her skin and her gender. And yet she can't answer the question what a woman is. Because she's not a biologist. Amazing. Amazing. So she should actually recuse herself from not only uh, that case, she should recuse herself from this nomination. She should recuse herself from being a judge at all based on the damning information that we've learned about her. That's what I wanted to update you with today. This is a short episode. We'll get back into it soon here. Um, I want to thank you for tuning in again. We're growing at a, at a rapid rate. And again, I, 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 uh, I really appreciate the kind words that have come this way. And, you know, you can always contact me too, whether it's, it's at the drewthomasallen.com, which redirects you right now to drewallen.substack.com. Look, my website got hacked the other day when I said, you know, uh, 95% of my agitation when I was doing my podcast was based on the events of the day. Well, the other 5% five per, 5% was things like this emergency uh, uh, activity and, and repair work I had to do because my website was hacked and people were being sent out dangerous spam, malware, I think. And I had to get in there, take the website down, install software that prevented spam and emails from being even sent from that account again. It was an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare. And then just, just a myriad of personal things, but I'm a consummate professional here. So we move on and do the work that we need to do God's work, if you will. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. This is the voice of confident conservative, confident conservatism, of course. This is what happens at the end of a day when all you do is talk for uh, six hours straight. God bless you all. 
And until next time.